what's the most important decision you can make for your health this year? Better question, where do you spend most of your time? For many people, working remotely is the new norm. So where you sit is of utmost importance. Even after things return to normal, many are realizing that working from home might be a more permanent situation. There's a convenience about the home office, at least if you don't have young children, but there's a danger lurking. Back problems caused by bad chairs. No, dining room chairs are not adequate for eight-hour workdays. One news team took it upon themselves to help you find the right support. They tried 11 chairs, but only one sat comfortably at the top. The Suitcase Series 1. Years for about 350. Your back will thank you, though. Biblically, sitting is equated with finished work, not work to be done. Christ ascended to the Father and took a royal seat. He reigns now and forever. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this Thursday, we're still in our month-long series called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. A victimized widow, a penitent tax collector, and helpless children. This ragtag group are actually the heroes in Luke chapter 18. That's a little surprising because in this same chapter, there's also a powerful judge, a theologian, and a wealthy young ruler. What's Jesus up to here? Stay with me as we go to the gospel to learn surprising answers. After the program, I want to send you the Gospel of Luke DVD for your support of this ministry. It's the entire gospel, word for word, with the action being portrayed by gifted actors shot on location in the Mediterranean. It really does bring the story of Jesus to life in your mind, as well as your heart. Plus, you can choose on this DVD to hear it in either the NIV or the King James translations. After the program, please call us. Make your first-of-the-year gift to this listener-supported ministry. And as a thanks, we'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD. The number to call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, check out some sample scenes of the DVD, and you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's get started. Let's start with the Gettys and By Faith. By faith we see the hand of God. Promise. 
shall be moved And the power of the gospel shall prevail For we know in Christ all things are possible For all who call upon His name We will stand as children of the promise We will face our lives on Him My soul's reward Till the race is finished And the work is done We walk by faith and not by sight Coming from their album, Awaken the Dawn, The Gettys, by faith, opening Haven today and meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. We're in our third week of this program series, and as usual, this Messiah continues to dash expectations. The first people to encounter him didn't know what to do with him, and very often, we still don't know what to do with him today. And that's why it's so important to ask for God's Holy Spirit to open your eyes when you hear Scripture. We're always coming up with expectations about Jesus that may or may not be true. That's why you need the Word to speak to you. What more important topic is there than getting right with God? We so often talk about a relationship with God or a relationship with Jesus. That gets to a very important truth. But when we speak that way... We're tempted to think of every other relationship we have in our lives. Of course, the relationships you have do give a picture of different elements of your relationship with the Lord. God is described as a father, a husband, a master, an employer, and even a friend. All those earthly relationships help you understand something about God. At the end of the day, however, he's different. He's not only kind, compassionate, and gracious— He's also a consuming fire, infinitely holy, righteous, and just. What does it mean to be right with God? It means more than just having a relationship with Him. Technically, everyone has a relationship with God, whether for good or for ill. The question is whether or not it's a right relationship. How do we come into such a relationship that's right? Well, the answer may surprise you. Dr. Luke records a series of stories and lessons from Jesus in Luke 18. The first is about a widow who has been victimized. Justice has not been served. And the reason is that the presiding judge is not just. Christ even describes him as not fearing God or caring about other people. But even though the widow is helpless, she persisted in bringing her case before him. And it finally wore him down. To get her off his back, he finally sees to it that she receives the justice she needs. The point of Jesus? If a victimized widow can get a wicked judge to answer her pleas, 
How much more will God answer those who call out to him? And Jesus sums up this lesson by saying, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The widow's persistence was a sign of faith. She represents those who are right with God. Keep that in mind as we listen now to another story from this chapter in Luke 18. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of Luke DVD in a reading from Luke 18, verses 9 through 14, and you're listening to Haven Today. From a widow and a judge to another contrast, this time between a Pharisee and tax collector. And the key to this story? The audience. Luke tells us that Christ was speaking to those who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. In other words, the people listening to this story had a relationship with God that was based on themselves, their works, their obedience, their righteousness. This wasn't a new development. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, those who stand publicly to pray do so to get recognition from people. In other words, they're hypocrites because they use an act of humility, prayer, to stroke their own egos. That's exactly what the Pharisee of this parable was doing. It is an indictment against the ones listening to Jesus to tell it. In the parable of the Pharisee, he mentions God, but is really just talking about himself and to himself. In fact, the awkwardness of his actions comes out in the Greek more than the English, which comes across more woodenly as he stood with reference to himself. This man made the temple of God his own private stage and his act of prayer to be his own monologue. But another man had also come to the temple to pray, a tax collector, which, as you know if you've been listening this month, was a position despised by Pharisees for their impiety and by all Jews for their loyalty to the Roman Empire. He has nothing to offer God. And what could he possibly offer this tax collector? His wealth, accumulated by overcharging his fellow Jews? He has nothing, and he knew it. Psalm 51, that great prayer of repentance, says that God will not despise a broken spirit and a contrite heart. The prophet Isaiah said that God turns his loving face to those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at God's word. Jesus described that very tax collector like the picture of brokenness, humility, and contrition. While the Pharisee stood with the spotlight on himself, Jesus said that the tax collector stood at a distance. 
he would not even look up to heaven. Here was a man who trembled at God's word. And his prayer was only a single sentence, short but yet powerful. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He didn't presume upon God's grace, but he truly recognized he wasn't worthy. He was a sinner. But Jesus said, this man, rather than that Pharisee over there, went home justified before God. Justified. That's the Bible's word for being right before God. You and I need to be reminded of this over and over again, today and every day. We cannot make ourselves right with God, just like a prisoner can't just decide he wants to leave prison. Neither can a prisoner to sin take off his own chains. And in a day when whole nations can be thrown into confusion, we also have to remember that nothing else can justify us either. A vaccine might help defeat a virus, but it won't save us from sickness of our souls. Governments can be forces for justice, but they can't make us right with the Lord of glory. Just like it was with the persistent widow, it all comes down to a matter of faith. What's faith look like? It looks like a child embracing his mother. Total dependence. That's what Jesus taught in the verses after this parable. And with this lesson comes another contrast. Keep listening with me now. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad, because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Another reading from the Gospel of Luke DVD. 
We'll have our contact information for you later in a moment so you can experience this wonderful feature film for yourself. The Woman and the Judge, The Tax Collector and Pharisee, and now another contrast, Children and a Rich Ruler. Jesus said those who enter into the kingdom must come like little children. Jesus pressed the point when a wealthy ruler approached him and asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Although he is humbler than the Pharisees in Jesus' parable, this ruler is nevertheless relying on something other than God alone. And our Lord can see that clearly. So he points to the commandments. The rich man's response confirms what Jesus saw in his heart. He says, all these commandments I have kept since I was a boy. This response needs to convict us all. It's no different than saying, I've already done that, so what's next now? As if eternal life is a matter of what we do at all. And so to make the man despair of his own righteousness, he adds another commandment that strikes at the idol in this man's heart, his possessions. Sell them all. Give the proceeds to the poor. This isn't a command for all Christians everywhere to take vows of poverty, as many in church history have taken it. But it should make us pause and ask, Do I love my life here on earth more than the life to come? Have I hoarded possessions? Have I been indifferent to the poor and those suffering around me? The rich man was said to become very sad because he was a man of great wealth, and he couldn't bring himself to do it. Now that's the point. None of us can. We don't come into the kingdom with the posture of earthly rulers, we only come as children. That's faith. And that alone is what makes us right before God. Faith is evident in persistent prayer. It's demonstrated with a contrite heart before a holy God. And it looks like a child being brought to Jesus. We don't come to Christ saying, I've kept the commandments. We come saying, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. If you and I will speak that to the Lord today, with humble hearts, the doors of the kingdom are open to us. That's the only relationship with God that matters, a right relationship where you stand righteous in Christ alone. May the Spirit grant us just such a humble heart before him today, that we might be freed from love of worldliness and worldly possessions to serve God and love our neighbors. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them Take my lips and let them be 
Sung for us by Caleb and Kelsey, Take My Life, on Haven Today, in a month-long series called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. In the events of last year and now 2021, haven't they shown how much we need Jesus? I don't know what will. I'm praying for revival in my life, but also your life. We need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives this year, as well as in our world. Jesus. Christ, our only hope. We need to look to Jesus. And one way you can do that is by reading through the Gospel of Luke. And to help you better understand this Gospel, I want to send you the DVD called The Gospel of Luke. There's no better way to experience the ministry of Jesus than with your eyes and your ears and your heart. This feature-length film portrays the story of Jesus. It was shot on location in the Mediterranean. And I like how the DVD lets you choose to hear the word-for-word film from either the New International Version or the King James translations. I know this DVD will help you keep this new year fresh in your walk with your Savior. So call us right now and make your gift, and we'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD. Here's the number again, 800 654 Thirty-six, Or maybe you can remember it a little more easily. 
65 Haven. Or you can go online, and if you do that, watch the sample scenes from the movie, and you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? But again, we'll end the week together, but we'll do it in light of the great story from the Gospel of Luke that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole, as the saying goes. As our danger or threat goes up, our longing for help is right behind. But it's interesting that this saying capitalizes on such a different understanding of prayer. It treats prayer as a walkie-talkie in war. But when we turn to the Word, especially when we see how Jesus prayed in John 17, something becomes much clearer. Prayer is communion with God. Jesus begins his high priestly prayer with a single word, Father. Not general, not sir. He began like we should, Father. Imagine prayer as climbing up in the Father's lap, spending more time with him, receiving his love, being empowered by the Spirit to love others. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.